guys, I'm André Villas Boas, listening to Echoes of Glory. And don't forget, whatever happens, the future is bright, future is lily white. Come on, you Spurs. Hello and welcome to Echoes of Glory, season 11, episode 17. I'm Jack. I'm Chris. I'm Asti. I nearly got a couple of games to talk about. That would have been weird. You said what? I it nearly said I'm ASD. ASD, you know, with this, with the start. It's not the best. A <laughs> <laughs> um, couple of games to talk about. Um, both cup ties. The game against Chelsea in the League Cup and the game against Morecambe in the FA Cup. So I guess Chelsea's probably the first place for us to start. Um, what did you both make of what was a painful evening? Performance, result, ASD, if I come to you first, thoughts on Chelsea? Yeah, I thought... That I was more depressed about that than the Morecambe one because you go, it, it just showed the gap. Chelsea never really had to do much to get through, you know, and it, it really was our, I mean, they have been hit by COVID, but they still had a really good team out and they just didn't have to do much to beat us really. And it just showed the gap and how much we've got to, um, how much we've got to catch up. Do you know what I mean? Like it, it was fine. I was, it was just a bit, oh, that's an awakening. And you felt like if it was their full squad, admittedly it wasn't our full squad either, but if it was their full squad, they could have really gone at us. Now, it was Chelsea at the bridge. It's my least favourite game in the calendar. I hate that place. Just hate everything around it. There's just a horrible atmosphere around them. But I don't know. You know, it's 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 definitely not over either. That that's the main thing. I think we we got out well. We it, it's not over. You think it's not? You think we're still in the tie? It's only two 0 Wow. You reckon we'll turn that around? I I think it's a possibility. I'm not saying we can't. I'm not saying we will. I just it's it's not over. It's not five nil. It's you know they scored two goals in 35 minutes, um, with due to some awful errors. And you know oh. obviously we're pressured into errors and we'll come on to that we're pressured into errors but they didn't score so um there's a little bit of me which is a little bit hopeful I don't necessarily think we'll win I just think you know like it, it wasn't as bad as it it was as bad as it could be it just it isn't five nil and we're just out and it's it's a dead rubber there's it's only two nil I'm inclined to agree with that and actually look we didn't have a great game right um but the goals were both ridiculous, right? Let's just get that right. And yeah. it's not like they had millions of other chances. And you could say, oh, well, they didn't get out of second gear and they've got loads of injuries, but it wasn't particularly our first team either. And I think it just goes to show, you know, how, and, you know, we'd, if I'd said this a year ago, everyone would have laughed at me, but Eric Dyer marshalling that back three makes a huge difference. And, you know, and I think I think he's back in training now. So I think that will make that will be uh, important for us. I messaged my friend Tracy, who's the um, co who's the co-chair of Chelsea Pride afterwards and said to her, you know, you must be pleased. You must have enjoyed last night. And she said, look, it's still half time and you don't you never know. But I mean, you know, as football fans, we're always pessimistic. But then she went on to say that she absolutely loves Antonio Conte and that we're really, really lucky to have him. Um so look, I think what I've reflected in these like in this last sort of period is we were really in the space after Liverpool where we thought, right, this is it. Antonio's got his hands on the team. Right, we might not have won, but what a performance. And yeah, we beat, you know, West Ham in the cup. We beat we beat Palace, faltered a little bit against Southampton, just about scraped the win against Watford, had this game the other day. So, you know, 
it's not like we thought we'd be on some kind of stratospheric rise after the the that that sort of joy of Liverpool. Um, but I think what I really like is that you know Conte's been really kind of you know sort of honest about it to say this isn't going to be easy. And I think the thing that I get frustrated about it's just like there's so much moaning. It's like you know what we're not going to win every football match. It's like every pass doesn't reach its um its intended recipient. So it's two nil. It was two ridiculous goals. Like that's that's the second one. It was like if you tried to do that any other time, it wouldn't have happened like that, right? So I don't know. I think at home. The wind blows in the right direction. I think it's possible. Are you not hopeful, Jack? I just think I can't see them not scoring at least one. And I know away goals aren't in it anymore. But, you know, realistically, like, they're going to score. We've got to be in 4-1. It's like, I just, I think the gap's too big. I think if we'd have nicked a goal, not that we deserved it, and it'd have been a 2-1, maybe. But, I mean, we've got such a horrendous record against Chelsea. Like, firstly at the bridge, which was why like I wasn't too annoyed at, at sort of losing 2-0 because, if I'm honest, I couldn't see us getting anything out of that game. I thought if we lose by a goal, you keep yourself in the tie. So it sort of went the way I thought it would go. It's just, it's very frustrating to lose in that manner, isn't it? Where it's like, yeah. you lose a derby and it's like, they've not really even had to do anything to beat you. And it's, you know, we we lose a lot of derbies, especially away from home like that. And it just felt, it felt a bit same old Spurs watching it really. Um, so I don't I don't think that we've got much of a chance. Look, it's football, right? And you do never know. And an early goal, you know, and you're right back in the game. But I just can't see them not scoring because, you know, they're so good going forward. We're still, I think we look shaky against better opposition in attack still because, you know, at the end of the day, Conte's doing an amazing job. He's still working with the same players, which we've known for, two seasons are not quite good enough you know against the real real top teams and I agree with you Chris that there was a it was an absolute meltdown with the fans when it was like we'd just beaten I think it was Brentford Norwich Watford we've got a draw against Southampton like teams that you know all due respect to bottom six bottom seven sides and we beat them and then you're playing Chelsea who last season won the Champions League it's like it's a big step up and six weeks ago if you'd have said to anybody how are we going to get on playing away at Chelsea no one would have given us a sniff. So I did think it was a bit of an overreaction. I'm just, I was so gutted just to see Tanganga have a bad game because he's one that I want all the players to do well, but I really want him to do well. We know he's a Tottenham lad. He's a youngster in the side. He hasn't been given that many opportunities. He's just the one player that I didn't want it to happen to. Yeah. So I felt for him. Um, but like I said, football's football if it was the other way around and we'd won the first leg 2-0 we would be saying it's not over and they could come back right um so anything can happen but I think it would take something crazy like an early goal red card something or Kane and there's going to be no sun is there Kane to just have an unstoppable game it's going to take something like that and Chelsea to be off of it for us to get through but who knows what happens if we win 3-1 Extra time and penalties. Yeah. Yeah, because they scrapped the away goal thing, which actually works in our favour now because we didn't get one. Yeah. I've got zero problem as well going out of this tournament. I know we're in the same season. I know it'd be nice to win it. I I have no problem with it being that sort of experimental team. Like we we had Doherty at 
like left wing back like that that's how experimental this team was and that is all sorts of problems and it's just the league cup because if you i was thinking about this on the weekend if if we go and win it it will still be a yeah but like if you say we've done a double versus the double or we've won a cup versus the cup you know exactly what we're talking about that that i've got zero problem going out of this tournament i feel the same way about the europa league it's arrogant i know we need to win stuff blah 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 but the the two things well the three things champions league premier league fa cup that's class a now obviously i want to win a class b thing but i'm not that bothered about going out of this the bit that's confusing to me is why people are criticizing hoibergs all of a sudden it just seems where's that come from i think he's just the latest one that everyone's on i feel like it, it, there's always a scapegoat at Spurs, isn't there? And it, it yeah. normally it goes around the houses and there's always one player that everybody's on for a few months and it just, just seems like it's his turn. You know, it was Kane at the start of the season. It's Hoiberg now. I'm sure it's... Well, it was, it was Skip, wasn't it, for that weird two weeks? Do you remember when he had a dodgy couple of games? Everyone was like, he's not good enough. Now Hoiberg's not good. And it's just like, come on, like, you know, just get a grip a little bit. Like, anybody that watches football knows Hoiberg's a good player. He's limited in what he can do, but what he can do, he can do very, very well. He's a defensive midfielder. He's good on the ball in, you know, within sort of 10, 15 yards. He's not going to, you know, pick the ball up, dribble pass free, create. He's not that type of player. So it's like, it always frustrates me when I see stats being thrown around. He hasn't made this many progressive passes. He hasn't created this many chances. He's not in the team to do that. And it's like comparing you know, throw stats around for the, what he's meant to do, which is ball recoveries, pressing the ball high up the pitch, winning it back, all of that type of stuff. Like, that's what he should be being judged on. So it is annoying. Everyone lo- likes to hate somebody at some point, don't they? <laughs> it's just Hoybjörg's turn at the minute. Uh, he strikes me as quite a strong character, so he probably doesn't bother him all of this stuff anyway, which is probably a good thing. Yeah, you know, um, when would he see it either? I yeah. thought was funny, actually, was, I don't know if you saw um, Seb Stafford Bloor today, um, TIFO Football have been doing a thing called sensible transfers, like analysing the areas that teams need shoring up and why and who would be a realistic signing. And today was Spurs' turn. So mm. actually, it's worth a look. And the thing that they say is that central midfield is really important because what you've got is Skip and Hoybier, who are basically very similar. And then it says, and then they have never replaced Christian Eriksen. And there's a little graphic of Christian Eriksen, which is obviously what we've been saying all along. Um, but yeah, I think that's. I think I, I, yeah, I don't understand. It's like suddenly, like you say, ASD, you're absolutely right. People are like, where is get him out of the club after say like calling him the Viking warrior for so long. People call him for him to be made captain six weeks ago. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like it's just it's sometimes like I look at Twitter and I just have to switch it off and I think these people are not football fans. Like it's just crazy reading some of it. Well, I mean they are. It's just that they take the they their approach to football is different to ours. I think it's just another thing of like it's like an instant gratification thing. And mm. if you've been sat here for twenty five years, like watching the wheels turn, you're kind of less inclined to worry about it in that term. In my what is what I think, you know. Mm-hmm. And that's not like an arrogance from me saying oh, I've been at this for this long. It's just like you could just sort of see a slightly wider picture. Mm. Or I think I think I can. Um, but um, I don't know. Well, who do you think we need, Chris? Because like, centre midfield is a, uh, is clearly an area that we do need strengthening. Like, is there a certain player or are there a couple of players that stand out that be like they would be great for us? I mean, uh, to be honest, I don't know. I don't know enough about European football to say 
who we should be buying, really, if I'm honest. Um, I I really like, but I don't know. I mean, I've, what, what, you know, I don't know what position we might play him in. But like, I really like um, um, Matthias Delict, and I do think we need another centre back. Do you know what I mean? It's like we can't leave it to even with once Romero's back. You know, there's particularly if we're playing three at the back, there's always someone injured. All the rest of it. So I'd, I, you know, would like to lick. They were talking about. I can't remember. There was a guy called Guimarez that um, is on. Oh, well, um, is he at Leon? From Leon, yeah. That was on. That was on the, one of the the targets on that Tifo football thing, um, which apparently, like you know, looks like a good sort of. In terms of the balance that we need, he looks like a um, a decent buy. Um, but you know, at one point the answer was Endombele. Yeah. I'm not even sure. I'm not sure what the question was now. <laughs> and I, you know, like I've I've defended him a lot actually, but I just thought that just sort of ambling off the pitch yesterday was just not good. And there's a great photograph of like Romero and Dyer like looking daggers at him the now who knows what the dyer was giving him were unbelievable they like wanted to kill him like, who knows if that was what looking at though of course like who yeah. knows um actually the thing i was going to say was we were talking earlier um about the high performance podcast there's like an hour and 20 minutes of eric dyer talking about who he is as a man and an athlete it's brilliant it's really worth a, a listen and just um talking about social media he he's um he's turned it off he hasn't got any. He says he's got Instagram and he's got Twitter, but it's not on his phone. Yeah, sensible, isn't it? Yeah. And so, and you imagine, like, you know, he said several times he lives with his two brothers. So I guess, you know, there's always a post after a game. And maybe one of his brothers does that for him when he's on his way back on the coach. And he says he sees, because he sees himself as an older, you know, like a mature head now at 27. And he wants to kind of give good advice. And he said that he really admired. Jan Vertonghen and Musa Dembele as professionals and so he tried to learn as much from them as he could when he first came to Spurs and he now wants to be that player to some of the youngsters so it's a a really good listen I'd really recommend it we all love Eric Dyer on this podcast I feel like you have to be an Eric Dyer fan to appear on it it's it's one one of the few bits of criteria that we've got um ASD what about you like what in terms of like players that stand out for you that could help strength from the side have you got any names that you'd love to see in a Spurs shirt it's I mean it's for me it's about fewer better now and it's as much about the outgoings as, as it is in the ingoings. I was just looking up Ndombele's total goals for Tottenham it's not pretty um by any stretch of the imagination it's 10 goals um it's it's not great um, you know what it is as well with him that frustrates me and it's like you, you obviously you could look at the stats but you know, like you'd watch when you watch creative midfielders play, they they control the tempo of games. They dominate games, or mm. like twenty minutes, like everything's going through that one player. And like when I'm talking about creative midfielders, you're probably all thinking of the, of the same types of players, especially in a Spurs shot, right? Van der Vaart, um, Eriksen. You think of a great attacking midfielders in the Premier League, like Mata, Ozil. You know these guys that really do control games and. You've just, I've just never once seen Ndombele do that. I've seen him do incredible things on the football pitch, but you want somebody that can control the, basically control the final third for you. That's what you want to have your creative midfielder. And Ericsson did that brilliantly for us for years. And it's going to be difficult to find someone to replace him. But Ndombele just, oh, I'm just completely lost with him now as to even what he is as a player. 
Yeah, I mean, he he feels like one of those players who'd just be best in a one-on-one tournament. You know, you see you see those things. Five yeah. aside, he might even be too selfish for five aside. He just doesn't belong on a football pitch. It's too big for him. And it's not all about him. There's twenty. He's got to share it with twenty-one other people. Not I bet he'd be unreal if he like if you, if he was one of your mates and you're like, do you want to go for a kickabout over the park? He'd be. That is his prime. Do you know what I mean? That's it. Place to be. He's on two hundred thousand pounds a week, which means over the last two and a half seasons, that's about twenty-six million pounds. And honestly, what do you remember that we've got from him? I can remember that first goal against Aston Villa. The goal against Villa, which I saw. The live. goal against right. Sheffield United. Sheffield, the, the, yeah, the goal against Man United when we beat him 6-1 to get us back to 1-1 when we, it was 11 versus 11. Like, that, that's the stuff he should be doing. But apart from that, it's just... And for £54 million, pounds, I think, Jack, you said it was, what, £90 million pounds for Lo Celso and, yeah. and Dombele? Wow. That's a huge Mad amount enough. of money. It's a huge amount of money. And you go... Jack Grealish has ruined his career, basically, at the moment. Like You just have a look at where he was. It's going to take him ages to get back. And that's what happens to these players. You have a look yeah. at Ross Barkley. He's never, ever got back to where he was. And you have to back yourself. Like, you look at Steve Sidwell. You have to go for it. Smashing it at Reading. And then you you have to go try at Chelsea. And then you have to realise it's not for you if you're not that player. It doesn't mean you're not good enough. It just means that's not right for you. And you have to move on. And so we should be getting those players we should be going. We should be going to Chelsea. Going look, Ross Barkley. Just maybe not now, but maybe two years after we uh, we we saw it wasn't working. We should be going after him. And on, I don't. The problem with it and Don Belly is I don't know how we're going to get rid of him. Who's going to buy him and who's going to pay for him? We're just going to have to take a massive loss on him. It's it's such That's a shame. That makes me nervous, ASD. To be honest, that you know because um, we all know what Levy's like, and he in his head he'll have a, a number that he thinks and Dombele is still worth. That I could not think of a team at the moment that would give you any more than twenty million for him. Like I really couldn't, and that is that's a thirty-five million loss. Do you know what I mean? Just on the transfer fee. However, he Levy should be smart enough to think about it in terms of loss as well. Like what what space is he taking up? How much money is he costing? Like it's not exactly like right. two hundred grand a week. Yeah, and this and a space as you say, and also like you. You don't hire someone like Conte and then not do what he needs you to do. And also, what's the point of Paratici if you're not going to be, you know, like getting players out of the door for decent amounts and all the rest of it? So, just I, yeah, it's a, but tell you what, we we spoke we spoke about this a few times. I think we last time we spoke about it was a couple of weeks ago, where we talked about those players with personality. You know, the Letitiaes, the Joe Coles, the Bentleys. I think. And Belly would have been one of those players where in a slightly slower Premier League 20 years ago, he would have been brilliant where you could be a bit more selfish and it was a bit more about you. But the professionalism of the game and the discipline of the game has just caught up to those type of players. And actually, we are seeing what it would be like to have those players with that type of personality, because all the players you're talking about who are leaders, who are those creative players, they don't have that sort of personality. Ozil maybe was a bit of a maverick and he, he got punished for it. He got sent to... He, well, he went to Turkey, which you might see is partially his home. But De Bruyne, uber professional. Ericsson, uber professional. Yeah. You know, all these players like Lampard, Gerrard, uber professional. The, the game's moved on. It just It's a bit of a shame. I'd love to have seen him in a Spurs shirt 20 years ago. But he's not. He's here. He cost £55 million. And it's a waste of space at the moment. I it's think such what a shame. what you said there, ASD, was that the game's moved on, I think, is such a key point. Because that creative midfielder 
is not the luxury player that Van de Vaart was, for example, right? And I think Undembele is that type of mould of a midfielder. He's the luxury player that can do incredible things. But if you look at all the best attacking midfielders or number 10s in the world now, just think of the Premier League. You mentioned De Bruyne, Bernardo Silva. You know, look at Arsenal, Smith-Rose emerged, doesn't he, there? Even mm. at Chelsea, you know, Mason Mount, Havertz. They're all hard-working midfielders. And like Foden. The, the Foden, the amount of times that these players win the ball back, start the press, like that is a key requirement of the attacking midfielder now. And, you know, that's just not something that's in Undembele's game whatsoever. And it's like, that's another example of just football evolving in the last five years, that that position is not what it once was. And it's like, you either adapt or die in football. And Undembele now... You know what I mean? You look at teams that play with three in the middle of the park. You've either got to be that high-pressing, you know, ball-winning, creative midfielder or the deep-line playmaker that's good defensively. And he's neither. So, you know, I don't know what the future holds for him, but it's certainly not in the Premier League. Do you think we missed out on Philippe Coutinho? Or do you think he's a, he's a, over now? I'm not. I'm not. I wasn't bothered when I saw that Villa had got him. I thought I thought that's a really good signing for Villa and getting him on loan is a really smart move because it's low risk. But I didn't look at that and think, oh, we should be in for him. Like, I'm just he's not played that much football, has he, this season? I think we need somebody that is not going to be a risk, which is going to be hard for us to find now. But I don't know. I just wasn't. It didn't bother me that he's gone to Villa. January is always tough, though, isn't it? That's the thing. It's like you're not going to. This isn't the time to kind of really shore up your but we've got to kind of you've got to look at where your injuries are where your issues are etc I mean you know I think we really are in the middle of Pochettino's painful rebuild and actually we've got to do it because we've talked about it in like three or four different guises and now we've actually got to do it and I'm hoping that we will the player that I would love and I've not seen anything linking us with him I'd love for us to go and get Ruben Neves from Wolves I think that is the kind of player yeah he would be, I could not see it happening. He would, he's only about 25, even though he's been around for what feels 10 years, but he's still young. He's proven in the Premier League. He's an international. He's brilliant on the boys. Range of passing's fantastic. He knows how to play in a system that's a 3 4 3. I think it'd be amazing for us, but he's going to cost an absolute fortune. So, and in January, I couldn't see it happening. But for me, that's the, that's the kind of mould of a player that I think we need right now that, is proven at this level and in this league, is still fairly young. So, you know, you're not buying someone in their late 20s. You're buying someone that you could sell on still in three or four years. But it's just going to cost us so much money, isn't it? So I'd, I'd be very surprised if we went for a player like that. But for me, that's the kind of player that I would love to see us get in. Yeah, I think I would love to see us go all out and get this Vlahanovic. I know we talk about it. I know everyone's talking about it. But get him, loan him back to Fiorentina for the rest of the season. I don't care. Just, just get him because... Arsenal want him. Everyone wants him. Yeah. Uh, the Coutinho thing. He's only 29. For for a cheap loan, because Villa are only paying what 40% of his wages or something. With a and I think he's got quite a cheap bio clause, 30 million or something. I don't think it's that bad. Um, I think we can still activate that buyout clause as well. Um, I don't think he'd be that. He, he did well at Bayern Munich, but Barcelona are all over the place. Like that, they are just a mess. So who knows what's going on there? And it was all a messy has bankrupted them, and it was all about him. And so they've just gone into a weird place, and they're trying to rebuild now. I don't think it would have been bad, a bad business. He, 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 we've all seen what he can do. I mean, he did it against us, you know. Um, 
So that's an interesting one. The weird one for me is Ericsson, the rumours of Ericsson. There's two reasons why. One, he's got a heart problem. And I know like that is a ticking time bomb. My dad's got heart disease and he's got a pacemaker fitted. And he'll just be sitting there and go, I had the heart attack and my pacemaker kicked in. Like I've, I've seen this stuff happen. And it's just, I don't know why we're speculating or I'm talking about it. It should be just a heart doctor telling us. And if he's not fit enough to play in Italy, why is he coming? Why yeah. is Conte saying the door's open? And that's the other bit is why is Conte saying? Because Conte didn't play him in the Champions League. Conte didn't play him. He didn't rate him at Inter. I, I don't get it. And my it's fitness though, is it? Because I think in Italy, there's just a rule that you can't play with a pacemaker. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. It's, it's not fitness, it's just there's a risk there, right? And that, yeah. that's the worry. Yeah. And um, the final one is, is there any club who's replaced the player that they needed to replace with the player themselves? Getting the Bale yeah. replacement, getting the Defoe replacement, and <laughs> getting the Kabul replacement, getting um, and now we're getting the bloody Ericsson. Well, we're not getting him, but we're looking at the Ericsson replacement being Ericsson. I, I just don't get it. What I, just, what I find funny as well is like, we have these players and people always say they're not good enough, they're not good enough, they go and then two years later everyone wants them back. You just think, <laughs> make your mind up. I've just I'm always a believer in look when a player's played for you and he leaves, that's that that's close it. now. Like, you know, it does work every now and then, but I just think you've got to go and try something new. Absolutely. Um, Morecambe. That was never in doubt that game, was it? Um, yep. I was proper nervous watching that, I can't tell you. Um Firstly, like I thought Morecambe played really, really well. Do you know what I mean? They they came clearly with a game plan, 11 behind the ball, play off set pieces, play on the break, and you can't fault them for playing like that because it nearly works. And every single player on that Morecambe side clearly put everything they had into that game. I thought they were outstanding. They worked so hard. Their two central midfielders, their number eight, who came off of about 10 minutes to go, like he looked absolutely yeah. out on his feet like it's just watching him like barely be able to get off the pitch because he was so exhausted so it's like fair play to them um their supporters must have had a brilliant day out obviously sc- scoring the goal and going one nil up as well like part of me like when we play those teams from the lower leagues like I almost want them to to go in front or get the equalizer so they can just you know have that moment but um it was terrifying to watch absolutely terrifying and they just the the one thing for me was if we hadn't have made those three subs, we would have lost that game 1-0. Like, the game was going absolutely nowhere for us. And the injection of Skip's energy and directness in the middle of the park. Lucas Moore, I thought, was brilliant when he came on. He was getting the ball, he was running, taking risks. And then you've, you've sort of got the composure and the calmness and the class of Kane up top. But, you know, we shouldn't be having to make three subs against Morecambe at home when you've got internationals on the pitch. The midfielder was, you know I mean, Undembele, Lo Celso, Deli, Winks, Brian. You'd think that there's enough, or there should be enough on paper to be able to do enough against Morecambe. But, I mean, it was really, really worrying watching the, the first sort of hour of that game. I think we did make the substitutions, though, and it did, you know. And I'm, inc- I'm inclined to think they're not in a place yet where they're all playing the same don't forget, like we've been saying this for ages, they haven't been coached properly for like more than two years. So actually to bring them together like this and to get them playing together, regardless of who the personnel are, do you know what I mean? Because you still, even if they're really talented, they still need to know what they're doing and who they're playing with and all the rest of it. So 
I, you know, yes, it was worrying, but I actually thought we were going to, we wouldn't, I didn't think we'd lose. Um, that's probably what Arsenal thought as well. That was funny. Yeah. Um, but uh, I saw something on Twitter, which I thought was brilliant, which is that Lucas is an elite flat track bully. <laughs> and I really like the idea of him being an elite one because he is. I, the, the, the team, apart from Davis and then maybe Winks, definitely looked like a bit of a, I don't like you. You go and prove to me that you can play against Morecambe. Just do something. It felt it felt a bit harsh in that way. But yeah, you go through the team. Like we've heard rumours about Galini, Doherty. We all know about. Can Doherty. I just say? Can I just say, Estelle, Galini, he is horrendous. <laughs> like, like he is so bad. I know Tanganga's marking on the goal against Morecambe is really poor. The guy volleys it in midway in the six-yard box. Like. I'm sorry, that is a goalkeeper's ball. If Lloris is in goal or a half, de- if Joe Hart's in goal, they come and catch that corner. Like, if you just watch the goal back, it's staggering. It would be like me being in goal, where it's like, I don't know what to do. Like, and every time I watch Galini, I just think, what is he all about? Like, has he won a competition to be here? Like, that is what he looks like sometimes. It's just, it, uh, honest, he's one, I'm pleased that's alone because it, we cannot be getting him on a permanent although it automatically i read someone i read somewhere that it automatically kicks in if he plays a certain number of games which is why i was surprised to see him stop playing him conte <laughs> do you know what i mean leave him at home so i i mean i haven't watched him as much i don't think he was that bad um that was one mistake i don't think he's that bad in general um but do you know what I, it is he gives you the feeling you know yeah. when we used to have gomez it's like a calamity like, it feels like yeah. like jokes basically yeah. it feels like he's jokes and yeah. you don't want your goalkeeper to be jokes <laughs> yeah I, I still feel we should have kept gazaniga but obviously if you love someone set them free um doherty <laughs> tanganga we've heard rumors about swap deals to uve with tanganga and he's had two poor games now roden Maybe he's just not cut out for this level. I love him, but, you know, whatever. Davis, obviously, Davis. Sessegnon hasn't played, maybe for good reason. Le Celso winks on Endobelli. Why aren't they running that midfield? Why aren't they just owning... Well, I actually thought Winks was the only one in the morning yeah, yeah. game that I thought played. Yeah, I agree. And yeah, yeah, yeah. He wasn't he got... amazing. He was... And again, he gets. he's another player. He gets a lot of criticism. I'm not Winks' biggest fan. But again, people... Look, if you've watched enough of Spurs and enough of Harry Winks, you know what a good Winks game is. And again, mm. he's not going to... We, we saw him have that amazing game against Real Madrid, which I think yeah. was a little bit of an anomaly because he did control the whole game. But like, he's the kind of player, he ticks it over nicely in midfield. That's what he does. Again, he's not a player that's going to be threading unbelievable through balls through. Like, Do you know what I mean? He goes from midfield to the front three effectively and he yeah, retains yeah. possession. And again, I just think people criticising him for the wrong reasons. But I think that he... I actually think since Conte's come in, he's been playing quite well. Yeah, yeah, he's he's, he's just doing the bare basic of what a yeah. Premier League midfielder should do. And he's yeah. fine. There's no problem with that. I thought Brian looked great. I think Brian needs to play more. You can see he, he's obviously a bit small, but his reading of the game, the way he moves, there's something in there that we need. I, I love watching that man play. I think he's really, really lovely. And then Delhi. Delhi's just looking a bit tired and a bit Delhi-ish. And then, yeah, yeah, like you say, we just brought on three players who just changed. It was a bit like, right, the big boys are here now. Your bigger brothers How mad is play. it that, that Skip is one of the players we're turning to in the crosses? Mental. and be like, can you go and win that game, please? Yeah, mental. Mad, isn't it? 
great good on him because he can do what Winks can do in terms of turning stuff over, but he can also do a bit more. So yeah. good on him. Then he had that nice flick that nearly went. Did. Would have been nice. Did. If that had gone in. Did. But we used, used to say. Still... That... Oh, sorry, Chris. Are you still clinging on to Delhi in the hope? No, that... I think ASD just said if you love someone, set them free. I think he's got to go off somewhere. Maybe just on loan. I wouldn't mind seeing him on loan somewhere to kind of like get him back into the rhythm, loving his football again, getting out of London. Like I think I said this last time, I think since his house was burgled, he hasn't quite seen the same. So maybe he needs to go and be somewhere else. You know, see him like go somewhere foreign and just be like, be uncomfortable for a bit, like really challenge yourself and see what how you come back. Like have a bit of difficulty in your life. And see how you come back. Because we used to think that Delhi would be really, really good. You know, back up from his MK Don days, we'd be like any lower league team, Delhi would be really good because he's yeah. used to playing them. And it just, it just, it just looks like he's, you know, got old and soft and fatter. And it just, you know, in his approach to things. And I, I'd like to see that change. He's always struck me, Delhi, as well as a player that would suit playing abroad. Like mm. you know, when you look at some English players and you just think like you can't imagine them being able to sort of learn a new language, embrace a new culture and something, actually go and try something different. Look at someone like Declan Ross at West Ham and it's like, yeah. you couldn't ever imagine him not playing in the Premier League. But I don't know, Delhi, I always felt like he could, he would suit like the glamour of like Milan or somewhere like that. I feel like that would be a really good place for him to go and play. And, you know, English players for me don't go abroad enough. Like Tamori, you know, look at him, he's, he's gone to Milan, isn't he? And he mm-hmm. really struggled for the first six months. And now he's like a, a main player for them. And Milan are doing brilliantly in the league. So it's like, like what you say, SD, people should go and do it more. But I still think that there's a bit of a fear factor and a bit of an arrogance, especially with English players that actually know, like, this is the best place to be for, for me and my career. But, you know, it'd be a great thing for him to go and experience. Yeah, look at Trippier, come back a better player, won the league. Um, Alan Hutton went to Milwaukee. <laughs> oh, that's a weird thing from Trippier. I mean, it could only be money related, right? Definitely. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. But, but there must be, because like, how old is Trippier? Is he maybe 30, 31, something like that? He's, he's, he's around that age, isn't he? It's yeah. like next winter is, you know, an England tournament again. It's the World Cup. And it's like, if Newcastle go down, he's in the championship. He's not playing for England. So I can't understand. There must be a stay fraud. there though. If they go down, there must be stay a fraud. There, really. Yeah, there must be. Um, I thought it was a really odd move for him, given that Atletico, by the sounds of it, didn't really want him to go either. He didn't. Yeah, and he's like, you know, he's really kind of become a top player again. I didn't think he was that bad when he left us. I said it at the time. I just think we just got half decent money for him, and it was time for him to go. You know. Hey ho. Two games this week. We've got the second leg against Chelsea, which we've sort of already um, yeah. spoken about. And then in the weekend, it's the big one, the North London derby. Woolwich at home. I mean, the North London derby is always a huge game, right? For the supporters, you want the bragging rights. You just There's nothing worse than losing to that lot. In terms of the league and sort of top four race and positioning, it is a huge, huge game. You know, we're, we're, we're neck and neck, really, us and Arsenal in the league at the minute. We've got the game games in hand over them. So if we were to actually beat them, it puts us in a really strong position. Um, but likewise, from their point of view, they'll be thinking, oh, if they can come and beat us, you know what I mean? it puts them in a really strong position. So it's not a winner-takes-all game because there's still a lot of football to be played. But you can't help but think, if there is a winner in this game, that that will determine who finishes above who this season. Yeah. They've got some really exciting little players as well. Ramsdale, 
Ramsdale's a great keeper. Like people were a bit confused about when they saw what's his face to Aston Villa, um, Martinez, but Ramsdale's a great keeper. I'm really excited to watch Martinelli as well. Like I think he, he's just so excited. Smith Rowe and they've got Saka and Arteta is beginning to change it. As soon as he gets rid of a Bumiang and Lacazette and gets a decent striker, I think they'll be quite dangerous. But the thing is with them is when they go into a lead that they just seem to wobble. They seem to be quite mentally strong when they go behind, but then they go they, they, and I don't get where they're meant that's always Arsenal's weakness is their mentality I just don't get them ours is mistakes theirs is just their mentality they're weak mentally and so who knows what's going to happen I really like what they did with their shirts because it's brave to go not only to make the stand and talk about knife crime in the way they did but to go the colour of your um, opponents you know that's fair props to them they did that um, and the, for the Nottingham Forest game but I don't know I think it's very winnable but like you say we're two points behind we win this game we go a point ahead with two games in hand it's a massive 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 deal for us biggest north london derby in years i think yeah Yeah. long time i don't think that i i don't think that it's gonna this is necessarily gonna influence where each team finishes in the league in terms of each other right Mm -mm. like but I do think it's the biggest North London derby in ages and we're due to beat them because that one at the beginning, you know, the, 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 the return, you know, the, oh, we were dreadful, the, weren't we? the away leg, it was, it was, you know, it was the most sad I've been as, as a Spurs fan in a very long time because, you know, I really like, you know, I really don't like them. <laughs> and just to see us go out and play with like, and just look like we don't care about it was awful. Yeah. Um, and, and at least, at least we know that Conte will care about it. Yeah. So he'll be shouting as much as we will. And hopefully there'll be some, there'll be like some great game plan or at least the players will be up for it and G'd up by, by Antonio. Son being out is a big loss because he loves yeah. scoring against them. His goal against them when they, well, when you were there for the first game back, is still one of my favourite goals oh, of all wonderful. the time. It was yeah. wonderful, that goal. I wonderful. think that, um, that Son injury is going to sort of almost force Conte to switch to a 3-5-2 now with Moore and Kane up top, and I think he'll yeah. look to pad the midfield a little bit more. So I think he'll have Skip, Hoiberg, and then one Winks. other, potentially Winks, but then, you, you know, you're looking, is there enough in there to, you know, create? But I think that, realistically, there's talks of Bergwijn going, isn't there? Apparently Ajax have put a bid in for him, but we've said no for the minute. So he doesn't look like he's got a future. Will he play somebody like Lacelso or Brian as part of the front three or Delhi? I'm not so sure if he will. So I could see him going to a bit more of a compact 3-5-2 for both games this week, you know, against Chelsea midweek and Arsenal at the weekend. Um, That Arsenal game, that is going to be cagey. The first 20 minutes of that, it's always very frantic, the first 20 minutes of Derby, but both teams will be going into that thinking, don't do anything stupid early and try and nick that that goal. Um, I'm nervous for it, to be honest, because apart from their cup defeat, you know, they've been on a good run and, I don't think I'll ever watch Spurs Arsenal and truly be confident. Do you know what I mean? I think it's just one of those games that just gives, yeah. me, gives me fear and anxiety all the time. Um, I'm going to sit on the fence a little bit and say that I think it will probably be a draw, but it could be a game that either side can nick 2-1. You know, I think it will be really, really close. Yeah, I think that's probably I think that's probably fair. It's funny you should say that, Jack, about never being confident. That semi-final where we beat them 5-1... I was in the stadium at 4-1 with 10 minutes to go or whatever it was. Still going, still might go wrong. Still yeah. might go wrong. How long's left? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You never have five minutes to go and you're 4-1 up, but you're thinking, you know, if they get one, 
Do you know yeah. what I mean? Anything can yeah. happen. I'm not confident, but I just, you know, I so want to see us win. Yeah. You know, I just. It's... Wouldn't it be amazing, Chris, to like to hammer them? You know what I mean? Like beating three 0 and just absolutely, ha- it would be brilliant, wouldn't it? Yeah, I mean, it really would. Yeah, it's been a while. I mean, I can't think of many hammerings. The two nil for the last game, the last North London derby at the Lane, the White Hart Lane, that was a hammering because they didn't get anywhere near it. Yeah. And then, um, we left and a I, couple of goals out there in that game. That should have been really a three four. We we really did tear them apart in that match. Yeah. yeah. And that that's the mentality thing is there's the the occasion got to them and maybe to us, but it really did get to them. You could see they just had nothing and the noise was amazing. Blah, 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 blah. And then like <laughs> before that, it's the five one. I think I can't really remember. Obviously, it's not going to be five one this time, but yeah, KG a draw doesn't often it doesn't often happen, but a draw. Yeah. Um, You've got a quiz for us. Well, yeah, this is actually in the post bag because um, it's actually it's a quiz from. Tangi and Don Belly said, look, he, he texted me and said, look, I'm here. I'm sat. I've gone down the tunnel. I'm sat in the change room. And what I've got is I've get, I, I'm trying to work out which players are as good as me. And so he's just given me loads of players, <laughs> pairs of players. And what I need you to do is just tell me which one you're having, which one's just the best for you. Now, okay. I've also gone through and done this when I was talking to Tangi. And so you're <laughs> going to get points based on whether you agree with me or not. And the winner is based on who get, who agrees with me the most. And You write the quiz, ISD. You make the rules, my that's friend. That's it. Well, and there's three in here where you get double points. And I'm not going to take because I think the answer is so obvious. And they're my favourite players. So <laughs> those four of them, sorry. <laughs> Fair. And that's it. I'll make sure to play my joker on that round then. I know you just, if you get it right, if you agree with me, you will get double points. And there's a couple where I'm not sure whether I agree with myself, but we can have that debate. Brilliant. <laughs> so basically, it's this is do you agree with me or not? Uh, or And Tangi didn't agree with me. Um, so the first one is Messi or Maradona? Messi. I'm going to start with you, Jack. Messi. Messi. Chris? Maradona. Right, Chris, you're wrong. Jack? <laughs> This is the best quiz ever. I'm just going to enjoy beating Chris in a quiz because it never happens. So if we can just close it there. The problem is you've known, we've talked more about this sort of stuff than uh, I've but done But I'm Chris. not going to answer on the basis of what I think ASD thinks. I'm going to answer with my heart. Yeah, I'm just going to agree with Chris every question now so I can't lose. <laughs> I've actually, Jack, already done one for you because I know exactly what you're going to say and I'll tell you after afterwards okay, okay. um right CR7 or the real Ronaldo Chris the real Ronaldo Jack Cristiano no nope. Chris you're right uh Zlatan or Raul Jack oh Zlatan Raul Chris again <laughs> although I did see that is it Zlatan has now scored in something like 20 successive like years in top flight professional football. Yeah, but uh, but Raul was like a proper goal scorer, whereas Latan just likes to talk about himself. Raul's his book is amazing, Latan, because he is crazy. Like does talk about himself in the. He said the... you can't compare humans to lions. <laughs> <laughs> right, this is one of the hardest ones for me. This just because of Suarez or Aguero, Chris. Aguero every day because Suarez is such a reprehensible human. Yeah, if if we're talking football purely only. football, purely football, I can't. You can't. I can't Suarez. separate it. Suarez. I can't yeah, separate I, it. I had the difficulty as well because Suarez is reprehensible, but Jack, you get the point. So it's level now. It's two all. Right, Neymar or Ronaldinho? 
Is that me first? Uh, yeah. Oh, Ronaldinho every day of the week. Yeah, me too, Ronaldinho. Went round and you were both correct. It's like whenever I go on YouTube, whatever I'm watching, whether it's a work thing, whether it's a board game thing or a printing thing, it always ends up with a Ronaldinho video. I've always thought Neymar's slightly overrated, mm. if I'm honest. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, what's it? Yeah, never mind. Hazard or Henri? Chris? I hate to say it, Henri. Henri, yeah. You're yeah. both right. Yeah. Uh, this one, I think you're going to just... Salah or Rivaldo? Oof. Is that me Back. first? Mm. Salah. Yeah, I'd go Salah as well. But the reason I didn't do Salah, because you're both wrong, is... Um, <laughs> <laughs> is Obviously, there's the point about him not shaking hands with Israeli football players. Chris, I'm surprised you didn't pick up on that. But then Rivaldo... Uh, <laughs> I don't Revolve. know how some, somehow he doesn't get to do that, but Suarez is a racist, bites people and does whatever else, but still manages to win. No, and no, I, 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 I'm talking. Salah's been doing it for what, like four seasons. Rivaldo did it consistently. I know Salah was pretty good at Roma, wasn't that good at Chelsea? So that that's that was my score in there. Uh, Benzema or Eto? Oh, Eto. Oh, that is a tough one. My gut would say Eto, but Benzema, as he's got older, has just become so... I'm going to go Benzema. See, Benzema, I think he's only like seven goals behind Di Stefano. Now he's Real Madrid's third time all third all-time scorer. You I just chose Eto. Pictures, like lewd pictures of himself to underage girls. Oh, is that not allowed? Be right back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Chris Lewandowski. Look, Abel, or... Which one was that? Who did you go for in that one? Eto, you got the point. Oh, great. Uh, uh, you, you're both level, but that is including the one I've already answered for Jack later on. Um, <laughs> Chris Lewandowski or Kaka? Ooh. I'm a romantic. I'm going to go with Kaka. God, that is such a difficult... That's the hardest one so far. Is it? Yeah. Um, Lewandowski. Yeah, I went Kaka. I, I don't think there's ever been a more beautiful player on the ball, you know? Yeah. Uh, Jack, Thomas Muller or Totti? Thomas Muller. Fernando. Totti, Totti. Yeah, I went Totti. And I t- it, what, the, there's a brilliant ad of Totti when he's talking to the... Is it Totti? When he's talking to the Roma fans. It's well worth your time. It's really, really lovely. Uh, I'm here to tell you at some point, but not tonight, because I I've, I've, haven't got a huge amount of time, about one of the very first jobs I did in my first job out of university, where we built this new business consultancy. And one of our first clients was AS Roma. That sounds brilliant. Sounds like something yeah. for next week. All right, I'll pick up the pace. Uh, Jack, Kane or Van Nisselrooy? Oh, Kane. Yeah, yeah, Kane, 100%. Now, this one, I took this from a Twitter feed. I, I think it's a little bit racist because Chris, Sun or Jisung Park? Oh, Sun. You can compare them. You yeah. can't, they're, they're incomparable. Yeah, <laughs> different players. Right, Chris, Mane or Ryan Giggs? Uh, well, I know what you've chosen, <laughs> but I can't choose him because of his domestic violence. So, Mane. I've got to be gigs, just purely from a football point of view. It's got to be gigs, and that was purely from footballing. And that was a that was a double point, I'm afraid. Next one. I I wonder why. I wonder why. Why was that one worth double points? Do you think? 
<laughs> Wait for it, the next one, Roberto Carlos or Ben Davis? <laughs> <laughs> ben Davis, Ben Davis, Ben Davis. Well, there's a thing about Paolo him in Maldini Wales. Maldini or Joe Roden. <laughs> Forgot the name of the pod. Uh, Jack Costa or Drogba? Drogba. Drogba. Uh, that was a double point as well. Uh, Chris, Lukaku or Shevchenko? Shevchenko. Jack? Yeah, just Shevchenko. That's a, that's a good one. Just. Okay. Uh, Chris, Higuain or Inzaghi? The man who was born offside. Inzaghi. I'd go Inzaghi as well. And again, Higuain, a little bit overrated for me. Yeah, uh, Jack Mbappe or Rooney? This was the Ro- hardest one. For Rooney. Me. Yeah, I go Rooney as well. Easy. That was easy. Yeah, I didn't because Oof. Mbappe won the World Cup for France. He he won that final by himself, and he hasn't done much else. I, you know, Rooney's one of my favourite players ever, but Mbappe. Right, Chris Harland or Michael Owen? Rooney scored that goal against Arsenal to end their run. That gives him all the points <laughs> in my my mind. Sorry, no, what was changing, that one? No, I'm changing my mind. So you both got a point there. I mean, it doesn't matter. You both got a point. Uh, Harland or Michael Owen? I don't think Harland's done it enough yet. I go Owen. Oh, it's so difficult. Uh, yeah, Owen, longevity. It's the yeah. correct answer. You nodded, ASD. You gave him that point. Sorry. Oh yeah, I can't, I, he can see me, but I can't see him. It's like Big yeah. from uh, Sex and City. She can call me, but I can't call her. Um, Chris Busquets or Schweinsteiger? Ooh, Busquets. Busquets. Yeah, that's yeah. one I answered for you, Jack. Easy, easy. Yeah. I, but, but I love Schweinsteiger. I think he's a brilliant player, but Busquets is just another level. Yeah. Uh, we're approaching the end now. So, Bumiang or closer, Jack? Closer. Closer. I've never voted for a Bumiang. Chris Thiago or Nedved? Ooh. Thiago. Well, I'm going to go Nedved, I think. Yeah, you've gone Nedved, haven't you? Nedved, sorry, I gave it away again. This is the one with the biggest difference between them, I think. So, Jack Henderson or Bergkamp? <laughs> what the? <laughs> I know. Where's that come from? Where's that? I mean, how are they even in the same category? <laughs> ASB. I'm a Liverpool fan. I, yeah. That is so strange, but I mean, Burkamp. Yeah, uh, Chris De Bruyne or Xavi Alonso? That's a hard one. Oh, that is hard. I think I'll go De Bruyne. De Bruyne every day of the week. I didn't do that. Uh, Jack, yeah. Fabregas or Skulls? Skulls. Skulls. Uh, Fernandinho or Makaleli, Chris? Makaleli, 100%. Oh, that is a toughie. That, I'm going to go Fernandinho. Oh, no. And Chris is ahead by a point. Uh, Chris, David Silver or David Beckham? Oh, uh, David Beckham, just because I love him. David Silver. Chris goes two points ahead. You can't, <laughs> you can't touch D-Beck. Beckham over man. Silver. You challenge. <laughs> challenge. <laughs> Did I? Oh, that one, surely. Jack, Giorgino or Mascherano? Mascherano. Yeah, Mascherano. Both correct. Uh, Chris, Kante or Yaya Toure? Yaya. That's horrible. Um, Hard, isn't it? Oh, Toure had that season where he scored like 21 from midfield, didn't he? Um... 
Oh. I might have to phone a friend here. Um, I'm going to go Kante. I chose Yaya purely because of how many games he just dragged City through. He, yeah, he yeah. saved them. So obviously Kante is just up there, but Yaya's Yaya. Jack, Bruno Fernandez or Lampard? Lampard. Chris? Yeah, same. Yeah, me too. Uh, Vidal or Gattuso, Jack? Vidal or Gattuso? Probably Vidal. I feel like he's, he's probably won more in his career. I'm very similar. Vidal. Chris? I'm going to say Vidal as well after all that Gattuso when he was going to join us and all that hoo-ha. Yeah, I like Gattuso for football. Just what a captain ignoring his off-the-pitch stuff. Uh, who are we next? Chris Pogba or Sen? Sen. Yeah, Chris. Sen. Sen. Correct. Correct. I've been looking for that to show you. Oh, picture <laughs> of you and Torre. That's brilliant. Where did you meet Yaya Torre? <laughs> Some event thing. Was it his brother who was having he... an affair and told her that he was a car salesman, and so that's why he just was off all the time selling cars? Oh, I don't know. But he, his, he works really closely, Yaya Toure, with Leon Mann. Right. Leon's a big Spurs fan, yeah. um, used to work at Kick It Out, now runs a, a sports agency called Refresh and also runs a football blacklist. And I don't know, he was somewhere with Leon. Oh, cool. And isn't um, Yaya doing, he's doing some coaching at Spurs, isn't he, at the moment yeah. as well? Yeah, he is. Which is brilliant. Know. Sign That's him cool. up. Give, give yeah. him a pair of boots for Sunday. Yeah. Exactly. Two and two left. One of them's a doubler. So Kimmich or Balak, Jack? Kimmich or Balak. Balak. Yep, Balak. Oh, yeah. Uh, And this is a doubler. Zidane or Shearer, Chris? Zidane. Zidane, yeah. So, Chris, you're in 28 points to 25. Um, (laughs) Beckham Jack, over silver, yeah. Beckham over silver. Absolute robbery. Never going to hit the end of this. Just that. I mean. But to be fair, even if you, even if that had been right, you still would have lost. By a smaller margin. <laughs> <laughs> for the record, I loved Beckham as a player. He was uh, grossly underrated for how good a footballer he was. David Silva is one of Premier League's greatest ever players. Uh, do you know what I, I I'm inclined to agree with you that they're but they're a bit different and I think the romance of Beckham and just like the late 90s curtains that the way he just kind of that the way his left leg was bent when he curled his right foot round you know that free kick against Greece all of those things David Beckham it's a shame that we're not streaming video of this because Chris just did a brilliant impression of Beckham's <laughs> left foot and bending it round it was amazing <laughs> I'm standing up as well. Like I, I, it's too much. I've been sitting down today, so yeah, it wasn't quite a good. <laughs> but actually, funnily enough, there was one time because I, I haven't played football in a long time, but I had did have done a bit of coaching and all the rest of it, where I was trying to teach them how to kind of kick long. And actually, that's one of the things is to put your arm up, and it helps you get that balance. Yeah. Anyway, we talked about Beckham a lot in that session. <laughs> that was a great quiz, ASD. Can you do that? Do another one of those next week. That was fun. Yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll do it with worse players because I've run out of good players. Which is your favourite? If you had to choose one of those, this is your favourite to watch. Who would you pick? Favourite player? Just to watch. Um, Out of that list. It's really hard. I mean, 
it's difficult to say beyond Messi because he's a freak, but leaving him out of it, like I always love watching Paul Scholes. I just thought he was a brilliant, like the way he used to control games of football. It's just incredible. I've never seen, I've never seen a midfielder other than Xavi that is sort of of that ilk. Chris? Zidane, probably. Yeah, I'm up there. There's a YouTube video called, if you just search Zidane the Scientist, which I just, I, I think is the greatest football compilation of all time. So it's well Ridiculous worth Ridiculous player. Oh, look at that. Yeah. Real. Um, any other business before we close? No, just come on, you Spurs. The Spurs women's team have signed a Finnish international today who's been playing in Sweden and um, I think is going to, she's 23 and I think is going to be a really, really important player for us. So that was good news today. Whoever's right. sorting the transfers out there, you know, get them to help Conte out. Well, yeah, we'll see what we could do with some, some quick work. But look, massive week ahead, two London derbies. Fingers crossed for some positive results. But as always, whatever happens, the future's bright, the future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football. And I always thought that football was a very important game. But I never realised until today just how important it is. Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2. It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next. We are Blancheflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.